Hi everyone, my name is Jawad Mir and I'm your host at Kingdom of Dreams Podcast. Today we're going to talk about this fabulous book that's going to be released next month, October 21st or 22nd, I believe, called Jurassic World, The Ultimate Visual History, written by James Motram. I hope I'm pronouncing his right name right. Um, it has a foreword by Bryce Dallas Howard, the leading actress, daughter of Ron Howard, uh, prefaced by J.A. Bayona. He directed the second Jurassic World film, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom followed by an afterword by Frank Marshall and introduction by director Colin Trevorrow. Um, before I get, go on to this book, um, I want to talk to you about the future of this podcast. So, oh, here's the back of the book. I forgot to show you. Yeah, so talking about the future of um, this podcast, uh, it started off as once a week, uh, a conversation between um, myself and anybody who was involved in um, involved in Amblin and DreamWorks films over the course of the last 40, 45 years. And uh, it has taken such a good, it has received such a good response. And even myself, I'm enjoying doing it so much that I'm kind of taking it up a notch and uh, producing about three episodes a week and then followed by in a couple of weeks, about five episodes a week. Each episode, each week, we'll have a conversation, we'll have a contest, we'll have news, we'll have uh, reviews and so on and so forth. Um, so today I'm actually in, uh, for the last few days, I'm in London, England, um, and I happen to be here for work, which also happens to be pretty much around the same time uh, of Queen Elizabeth II funeral. And uh, I, I took a walk on uh, Monday morning on the 19th, just to kind of join the crowd and, and see uh, what was happening and kind of feel the experience that was taking place where people from all walks of life um, in London and from all over the world actually commuted um, just to attend the funeral. And uh, it was it was a very cool experience. And, I'm, um, and in, in, not in a sense that, you know, obviously somebody passed away, but cool experience in the sense that this one person um, had so much attraction um, that she brought pretty much everybody together. I mean, I, I don't know the official number, but when I was walking, as you can see in some of the footage, there had to be over, you know, tens of thousands of people um, walking up to this giant park, I forget the name, where they, they had these massive jumbotron screens, lots of them, and people were watching, and they were there with their families, and old, young, and... Uh, <clears throat> old and young. And yeah, so it was good. And the reason that I'm here is that um, I'm on a tour, a uh, world tour for both of my feature narrative documentaries called In Search of My Sister and Citizen of Moria. And before I bore you to death with them, um, you can go check out the trailers for them at www.jawadmir.com uh, and learn more about it. So I'm on, on the road for the next little while and I'll be doing these updates as uh, as I'm on the road um, with podcasts, with episodes and all that stuff, and hoping to keep keeping you guys in tune and maybe just give you a little bit of information, a little bit of update on the films that uh, I, I'm I'm promoting before they release later this year. And uh, yeah, so on and onward and upward with this book. Um, uh, it is I just have some notes here that I want to share with you. I, I'm going to go through with because I. I, I don't remember all of the stuff that I, I read. So I, this book is broken into three parts. Uh, the first film, Jurassic World. The second film, Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Dominion. And the last, I'm sorry, I always mix those two up. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. And Jurassic World, Fallen, 
Jurassic World Dominion. Um, and I'm going to break them up into three parts. So today we're just going to go over the first film, Jurassic World, and next week the second one, and the following week the third one. And I also have the Jurassic Park trilogy book, also written by the same author, um, which is going to be uh, in the series as well following that. And um, I'll also be speaking to James um, uh, very soon about both of his books. Maybe we'll do a two-part interview or one-part interview. I'm not sure yet. Um, anyways, so the book has a great uh, forward by Bryce Dallas Howard. She talks about being um, a hardcore Jurassic Park fan when she was growing up. And it was for such a treat for her to be able to get this role. And there's a really fascinating story, uh, how she got it and how her father almost blew it up. Um, Ron Howard um, uh, by talking about it when he shouldn't have talked about it and um, it has a nice little intro by Colin um, the director of course and prefaced by J.A. Biona who directed the second film um, very personal stories involved in them and how they feel about the you know the Jurassic Park franchise or Jurassic Park, Park Jurassic World franchise and uh, there is uh, I'm just going to go through the book um, while I'm talking I get so excited that I completely forget about the book. So this is the table of contents, a great little picture about the of the park, followed by a foreword by Bryce Dallas Howard, then introduction by Colin. He's uh, setting up a shot right here. This is from the first first film, first Jurassic World film. And then this is uh, a preface by J.A. Brona, who directed the second one. And uh, then it just opens up, you know, the, the whole thing kind of goes into the story of how Jurassic World came to be. Um, there's a cool story of Joe Johnson who directed the third Jurassic Park and who also directed uh, the early 90s hit films, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and the Rocketeer um, from Disney with amazing storytelling, amazing music, um, amazing effects, uh, even for today's era. And um, he wanted to direct the Jurassic Park sequel uh, after the first one came out. And he, him and Spielberg are good friends. And uh, Spielberg told him, listen, I'm already doing the second one, but if we do a third one, you're the guy. And he kept his word, and Joe Johnson did direct Jurassic Park 3. And uh, and he was actually developing the fourth one, um, and then Michael Crichton, the author, and Stan Winston, the animatronics genius, he passed it. They both passed away. And so he was developing the fourth one, and surprisingly, I, I just don't see how, but hey, uh, you know, kudos if that would have happened. Martin Scorsese um, was going to pen uh, pen the film. Um, either he got busy um, or something else happened. He, he didn't obviously get involved in that. And then there were drafts written by John Sayles, who penned the first draft of uh, Night Skies. Now we know it is as E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And, you know, after they were developing this and then all this stuff happened, um, you know, Crichton and Stan Winston passed away. And uh, so they kind of just left it at that. Then after, I think, a year or so uh, after that, Spielberg uh, hired a whole bunch of writers. This is a poster, right? The Gyrosphere in the book. It's folded. Yeah, so after that, Spielberg hired a bunch of writers from the uh, remake of the Planet of the Apes trilogy, directed by Matt Reeves, which is also one of the best trilogies um, that, does, it's not, that does not get talked about. It has a great arc of characters and storytelling that is uh, um and matt reeves also directed the new batman movie which i have yet to see yet to see and um yeah so the book also talks about um 
how what Spielberg's vision was for this film. Um, he always wanted to be about a theme park, probably because his involvement in theme parks themselves at Universal Studios. He's a consultant. A whole bunch of his films had has had rides. You know, E.T., uh, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Now, Back to the Future. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing a few others. Um, so then, when they're working on this film, they designed this world that everybody needed to be in, and all these wonderful storyboards and this little booklet. This is the scene when Owen is uh, uh, first seen with the Raptors. It's all storyboarded with a whole bunch of other stuff in the film. Uh, the gyrosphere scene, pretty much the main moments are storyboarded. And I love this, you know, this, these designs of the Raptors. And look at the details. I mean, yeah, we appreciate the details and the real um, uh, animatronics they build and the skin that they create. But even on paper, it's just, you know, to the teeth, amazing. And then this is the scene where a tribute to the original Jurassic Park, uh, the goat scene, uh, which is featured in Jurassic World. And uh, James really did a fantastic job in writing this book. Um, you know, the art of storytelling by him about the art of storytelling um, is, is absolutely stupendous. And I, I really enjoyed it, every word. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to kind of skim through this because I don't want to show you the whole book. Um, there's also a story of how Brad Bird, who directed Iron Giant and the fourth Mission Impossible, he was being considered to be attached to it. But then he met this guy at uh, Sundance uh, Film Festival in 2010 in 2012, who happens to be Colin. And he was so impressed by him that he introduced him that um, Brad Bird introduced him to Frank Marshall. And Frank Marshall met him, and there's a cool little story which I let you guys read, uh, which really impressed Frank Marshall and you know took him directly to Spielberg, and and that's the rest is sort of uh, uh, history. And you know one of the things I talk about is that the original draft opened up, which I cannot see somehow being a Jurassic Park film, um, and uh, it was about raptors parachuting down into a drug lord drug lord compo compound taking out all um, of the workers. Um, and when Colin read the script, or read the opening, I think, he said he wants to take a bite at the script himself. So he brought his friend Derek Connolly, who had never seen any of the Jurassic Park films. So here we have Colin, who is a true Jurassic Park fan. And here we have Derek, who has never seen a Jurassic Park film. So it was a nice marriage of two people who knew and who didn't know what the franchise was and what the film should be. So it brought a truly fresh um, angle. And then there's a great chapter um, in the book on the on Rick Carter and production design. Rick Carter also did the production design of the original film. Here is this, um, I don't know if you guys probably remember, I, I don't remember this, uh, the scene that was in the movie where the, and I also have a hard, always have a hard time pronouncing this, Mosasaurus. Um, takes a bite at the fish, and that's that's the most that we see him until later on when he um, when he eats. Um, I think it was a uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The babysitter of the kids, uh, or some of the employees who was looking after the kids. Um, but this one, it's in the storyboard where they're underwater, like an underwater ride, and they're seeing um, this. But I don't think that made it to the final film, so it's probably like just storyboard based. So. Um, when Trevor wrote the script, he didn't write it as Jurassic Park 4. Him and John, um, sorry, Derek uh, wrote it as Jurassic World. 
Um, and that was really admired by Spielberg. And he brought an amazing director of photography. Um, uh, what's his name? John Schwartzman. Uh, he did um, DP work on The Rock, Pearl Harbor, and Armageddon. And you can see the common thread in the, all that, Michael Bay. And then there's Dr. Henry Wu, his little card with a QR code. I haven't tried the QR code. I wonder what would happen if I, um, excuse me, I wonder what would happen if I go to it. I'll try that for the next one. And um, another nice little pullout. I, I just love the fact that these books have them. E.T. had them and, you know, Jurassic World has them. And I'm sure Jurassic Park and a whole bunch of other books um, will have them. So this is... A nice little sketch braid for people who are uh, into drawing. It's certainly an inspiration. It's done by Glenn McIntosh. Um, I really, you know, as a filmmaker, I've seen this before, but it just really amazes me how when we see something for a couple of minutes, I mean, this scene, see how it's set up uh, for lighting. And this entire film, I mean, this book, um, the amount of work that goes in there is just immense. And obviously this book condenses you know, three, four years of work of work. Um, and then this side that I, I, I didn't know at the time, but now I do the famous scene when the uh, Indominus escapes and then he ends up eating this guy. So for references, they had these, um, these guys holding these fake plastic or rubber dinosaurs. And then this little sketch was actually drawn by Spielberg. I think, um, I think it was, was it? Hold on. No, it, it, maybe it did. Yeah, so this is like a inspiration of, that comes from E.T. and E.T., I'm saying Aliens and Jurassic Park, uh, where the guys underneath the car, um, Colin Farrell's character, Owen, and the dinosaurs, and there's a, this is a giant truck and the dinosaurs like leaning through. And um, there is also some great stuff about ILM, of course. Oh, I love this. Look at this artwork. Fabulous. I wish I could print this and just frame it on the wall somewhere. Um, Spielberg is always known to work with ILM, of course, right? From the beginning of his career. Um, and then Weta, or Weta, Weta, I think, is a company that's owned by Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson has also done Lord of the Rings and he produced Adventures of Tintin with Spielberg, um, the motion capture technology. So Weta came on board and um, they really impressed Spielberg with their effects. So I, I believe Weta and Island both worked together on this film. And um, then Jack Horner was also involved. He's the paleontologist consultant, consultant from the original films. And, and Stan Crew's crew, even though he's not uh, uh, around anymore, he they came on the board. And Josh Broyle was supposed to play Owen first. Josh Broyle is the guy um, who was in The Goonies, uh, the oldest brother. And but his character in the, Owen's character was much older. But I think when Colin wrote the script, he um, changed it to a much younger guy. Um, and I think that was a smart move uh, in terms of, you know, not jo Josh Broyle would have brought something completely different. And, you know, Chris Pratt, um, obviously, with sense of humor, with sense of wittiness and uh, adventure and all that. And uh, there's a really cool story about Trevor uh, Collins first day on the set. He was in Hawaii. Sorry, the light is changing here. He was in Hawaii on the first day of the set and he got off his car and he saw all these giant trucks 
And with his background in small films, like small films, like million, a couple of million dollars, he, he thought he was um, on someone else's film set. Little did he know that he was on his own set. And that was um, a little humble story, a humbling story. Um, here is a scene of cryosphere, uh, uh, how they filmed it. They had these rails underneath and how they put them in there. It was pretty neat stuff. And um, yeah, and then this with the waterfall scene where they jump off. I mean, look, so they're right here. They're running right here. And then this is the waterfall after aftermath. And then when they jump, they're jumping from here. So they combine all of them together, obviously, with visual effects um, to make it look interesting and to make it look real. Um, let's see. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. And then the scene with the Apatosaurus, um, which was dying in the original film, which is what I loved about this film as well, the animatronics. They actually built the neck animatronics and operated them for tighter shots and for wider, of course, it was CGI. That's one of the things I love about um, Jurassic World, um, obviously the original Jurassic Park, and pretty much anything that has effects only works if there's animatronics combined with visual effects. You know, Spielberg... I kind of, um, I think Stan Winston obviously did this with Terminator, um, the first one and the second one, but with, you know, with dinosaurs, Spielberg shot all full body dinosaurs with CGI and everything else that was like half shots, neck shots, half body, eyes, face, they were all real animatronics, which made it look very authentic and real. And that's, and that's what counts towards storytelling, right? Not just like mad, madhouse CGIs, which are, which are nowadays everywhere in the film, and, and you don't remember them. This is a nice uh, sketch, I shouldn't say sketch, artwork of the attack, storyboarding, like how it will turn out. And um, I'm just going to quickly jump. This is a neat photo. I mean, we've seen this, but it just in the form of a photo, it's fantastic, right, right here. I'm just going to jump right into the ending of this uh, part. So um, the final battle scene be between T-Rex and Dominus was inspired by Rocky. Uh, Rocky was a film that came out in 1976, launching the career of Sylvester Stallone, and it was a box boxing film. And that's, if you really think about it, that la last sequence is really, they're in a, in a ring fighting uh, for survival, who's going to win, who's going to win the battle, uh, which I thought was really, really cool. And, uh, and yeah, so this is the first chapter. I'll show you this last little bit, some of the, some of the work right here. Some more design work. And that's it. And that's it for now. Um, so, so yeah, so I hope... I'm going to give you a preview of the next one. This is what the chapter two will look like. And I'll come back to it next week on this. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I hope I gave you a little bit of insight information on this. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing Jurassic World um, Falling Dominion with you next week on that. Come back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have another update uh, on this podcast. And if you haven't yet subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to apple podcast or spotify or amazon or google wherever you are uh, which are podcasts you listen to and um, 
let's get the ball rolling on this. I'm really excited. And tomorrow, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to cover. I have some items that we can look into or possibly just talk about um, uh, the Fableman's trailer um, or something else. I, I, I'm still trying to plan this as we go. So just uh, hang on with me and stay tuned. And until next time, guys, pre-order this, pre this book on Amazon. It's worth it.